linda. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Big Blend Radio's Books and Authors Show. Today, we're very excited to welcome multi-award-winning Brazilian author Heloisa Prieto, and she's joining us to talk about her new novel. It's called the musician. Now, you know, whenever I hear the word musician, I'm already intrigued. I encourage you to go to her website, themusician.info. It came out December 13th. And so you can go get it now. It's going to make a wonderful holiday gift. And, um, you know, this is really exciting. Heloisa has, um, you know, multi-award winning, like I was saying, multi-award winning author, uh, but all done in Brazil. So this is her first English book, I believe, and her other books, over 2 million books have been sold in Brazil, and um, I think she's written like something like 60 books, like she knows how to write, trust me. So <laughs> welcome to the show, Heloisa, how are you? Hi, how are you? So nice to be here with you. Oh, it's just wonderful. I have to tell you, um, I started reading The Musician, I've got the the ebook, right, and um, immediately my first thing was, this is a beautiful piece of art. It slows you down. It has got magic on every single page. It makes you think and feel. And it just, I, it, it, it was just this instant connection with this book. There is magic. And then I see, <laughs> I started, and I, you know, normally I just go, oh, this sounds like a good book to check out. And then you start reading and I don't read all the press releases or anything. I just start reading. And then later I'm reading, oh, it's done this for magical, this and that. And I'm like, no, but it is magical. <laughs> it's my magic now. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about that magic because it's very poetic. And um, do you, is that kind of how you've always written your books with that bit of magic? Not always. I have a series that became a, a movie called mm. The Best Things in the World. And it got uh, the prize of the best a movie for young people in Mexico, 2000, I mean, in Spain, 2010. Oh. And this is, uh, the bad things in the world is very realistic, a bit like the catcher in the rye, you know, mm. with uh, internal monologues with young people. There is a little hint of magic due to Afro-Brazilian characters, but very little. But now with the musician, I wanted to focus on uh, what a new way of capturing life because I've been very close to not only Guarani, but we say originary people in Brazil for a long time. My father was very keen on their culture. I was brought up uh, learning that they knew their way much better than us, you know? Mm. So I, when- I just want to back up real quick. So, so uh, those of us who aren't familiar, so it's like, let me see if I said it right, I'm going to say it right. The Guarani, Guarani people, no. Yeah, yeah. Guarani. Guarani, Guarani. Yes, yes. Guarani. So is, uh, yes. These are these are um, shamanic people or the indigenous people of the rainforest. Both, you know. Okay. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> there are several nations in Brazil: Munduruku uh, Nation, Guarani Nation. I'm closer to, and also, anyway, there are nine, several, several different nations. But I, okay. Guarani Nation is close to São Paulo, where I live. It's just uh, uh, like two hours drive. And then oh. when you, you leave Sao Paulo, Sao Paulo is the largest city in South America, you know, very much like New York with buildings and things. But then when you go through the road and you get into the reservation, it's an entirely different world. And they keep a magical way of seeing life, you know, not in the sense of 
um, naive child, but in the sense of reading science mm. and also being close contact with nature. And mm. so, and with you as well, you know, if you become friends, they, they mm. with you very much. For you to have an idea, I, I went to the first indigenous book fair <clears throat> once and I met an incredible shaman called Mora Tukan. He was up north. And we, we were all the time, you know, walking around and I saw him things like um, it was a regular book fair. And then somebody came, look at him, an old lady and started telling him all her life. And then he gave three pieces of advice. The women started crying, you know, and was moved and left. And I didn't, I couldn't follow. It was so fast, you know, the connection. Mm. Anyway, when I came back from the book fair, my father, whom I was very close to, was diagnosed with cancer. And I was mm. feeling very sad, you know. He yeah. had only three months ahead of him. Mm. All of a sudden, my cell phone rings. Who is it? Mora Tucano. And I say, Mora, are you in Sao Paulo? Why are you calling me? And he says, no, no, I'm here in the Amazon. My soul, your soul was calling my soul. I felt I had to talk to you. Oh, wow. Yeah, so wow. So, and, very and does that part of your other book series that you've also written? No, that the previous series was, were more uh, focused on uh, regular themes, you know, for the youth such mm. as bullying, drug addiction, depression, but they were taboos in Brazil. Oh. So they became very, very successful because they were, you know, the first time somebody was also dictatorship years, you know, and uh, the scars, dictatorship, those years oh. left in young kids in Brazil. And so they became uh, very popular and finally Warner Brothers bought the rights and uh, they became, you know, they were adapted into a very beautiful, uh, movie called The Best Things in the World. What okay. I keep always is the basic values of life, no matter what approach, if it's magical or if it's realistic or magical realism. I'm always interested in seeing beyond, you know, the invisible mm -hmm. world, but invisible not only in terms of supernatural, but in terms of the feelings, because you cannot see love, you cannot touch uh, happiness, you know. Mm -hmm. These are invisible values, you know, so I'm always trying to uh, focus on that, how we should be concerned with uh, friendship, solidarity, resilience, everything that's inside, not only. Yeah, because the musician, there's some real things going on. Uh, Tomas, uh, I would say Tomas now. Thomas, yeah. <laughs> you're your main character. It's the up musician. to you. Yeah. I know. I want to say Tomas, <laughs> but there it is. Uh, but he, you know, he's a musician. A young musician has some weight on his shoulders. But you do show the good and the bad in life, right? And how it's easy to take to where your decisions can go. Um, and then you show the good people in 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 life too. And you know, talking about the Guarani. Am I saying it? Yeah, it's Guarani. Guarani. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, you know, that magical part is it I think it's very much intuition, like you're saying, when when he called you and he's like, I'm in the, your soul called my soul, called my soul, that that um we are connected that way. That yeah, is not yeah. something and it's we lose it. And it's I think maybe even being in cities can be very difficult because we lose those natural abilities and my life living in different, you know, in the bush and Africa and stuff like that, being close to those people, you become very aware 
um, not even it, it's it, you're more connected with nature. So your intuition is very sharp, you know, yeah. in comparison. So there's special people that remind us that, I mean, there's a whole universe out there. So that's, I think you've got that universal magic in this book that makes you realize there's always something beyond, you know? Yeah. yeah. And music is like the, the medicine of the world, right? <laughs> the language yes, of the yes. world. Yes. And also, it's your connecting with your inner nature, right? Mm -hmm. And then your nature connects with outside nature. So, and then everybody has this forest inside, in a way. Mm. So uh, it was also, I, I had a friend who helped me, uh, Esther Stone, he's a guitar player and very, um, a very nice person and very intuitive as well. And he has traveled all over the world, you know, and he, he's very mystical. So he's always uh, looking for the healing aspects of his own music. You know? mm. And we became close friends. He came to Sao Paulo. So uh, we went to the uh, healing song guitar player uh, called Aparicio in, in the reservation. It was wonderful. So there was a chapter called Five Strings in which the dialogues were real. Mm. Because just a little spoiler, you know, in the uh, real life, uh, Astas is very famous, you know, and people are always asking him to play. But when he got into the praying house, uh, the shaman wouldn't let him play, mm. which was such a surprise for us, you know. And he said, no, you must listen. You haven't listened. You have to listen. We oh. forgot how to listen. And so that's, uh, it was wonderful. He was there for three days and he was taken care of. And then he played later on, you know, and that uh, was very inspiring for him as well. See, that's where you, that coexistence of nature is. You don't know where you are without listening to what's happening in nature. And music, what we do as humans, it's mimicking nature and we are nature. You know, so it's to me, that's what's so interesting about this story. And it, it's just it's got the good and the bad. Too. We always have to, you, you know, that that light. How are you feeling now in regards to especially with the, these, you know, magical people, indigenous people um, looking at what is happening at the Amazon? Do you feel an urgency in your country right now for yeah. protecting? And it sounds like positive things are happening uh, with your president. And um, hopefully, I don't know, yeah. I don't live there. I don't want to get political. But in regards to caring for the Amazon and your natural world where you are, do you feel like it's people are coming together to do that? Yeah, it's improving. Thanks, God, you know. But anyway, uh, there was a day here in Sao Paulo and the skies were black. I was giving a lecture to young readers when I came out from the school. It was like night and the smell was horrible. And it was the burning of Amazon the first day. You know, it was no. a shock for me because I grew up in the rainforest. My, my family had um, always disconnection. We were always coming back and forth and truck driving around, you know. And uh, I was so shocked. For me, that was my father's universe as well, because he's the one who got me into that path, you know. Oh. And uh, so this is when also I felt an urge to write the story. But of course, uh, it was not easy to write it. I was uh, depressed in some periods, you know, because I was afraid they would be killed. There was, there was an actual genocide going on in the Amazon. And, uh, but that's my contribution. Because I thought instead of uh, raising my finger and say, don't do that, 
the, you know, is how about if I try and show the beauty and depth mm -hmm. and seduce readers to that atmosphere? Yes. Because everybody knows it's wrong, you know, but mm -hmm. how can that atmosphere compete with consumerism? for a young person, you know, with uh, everything that contemporary life can offer. And so uh, I, I realized there were no young adult characters, indigenous characters, except for the Twilight Song. I mean, the Twilight series, you know, and okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which they love, by the way, you know, my indigenous <laughs> friends, they love that. because they, they, It's the first hero the indigenous hero they ever saw, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, because they said, my friend Daniel Munduruku, he said, when I was a child, uh, people were watching uh, Apaches being killed. Mm -hmm. Now, this is the first story where you show somebody who's very attractive, so attractive, his arrival to an European character. This is That's new, and they loved it. And oh. I thought, how about the girls, you know? Mm. The girls amazing what any girls you know, indigenous uh, or people and I thought Marie then would be a very impressive female character with her intuition and the way she could change the narrative you know mm. by in inserting herself into his life Thomas life before he's deceased you know and so um that's what I thought and made me feel a little better. Also, I went back and forth talking to them and making movies and uh, I don't know, being healed as well, you know, and getting some advice to write. And Tom and um, so Thomas, he doesn't know anything about culture. So the reader who doesn't know can focus on Thomas and learn with him. You know, it's a coming of age story, it's initiation mm -hmm. narrative in the sense that as a reader, you can learn about their culture, just like Thomas is learning, because mm -hmm. he knows nothing about them. And uh, I don't know when it, when the book will be released in Brazil. Oh, wow. I, I want to see it as a movie, too, because, you know, the thought of Thomas, you know, what I loved is that, um, uh, you know, there's that whole thing where you hear in color where mm -hmm. you can, you know what I mean? And so music can have different colors and there's a whole science behind that. But with Thomas having characters be part of the music, you know, where he's actually connecting with these these entities, these beings with his music, that to me is really, really special. That's like, you know, having friends around you the whole time in your yeah, music. Yeah. So he's not alone, but, you know, it's still... It's something different, right? It's like a, having different muses in a way, right? So where did that part come up for you? Like going, hey, he's going to have a bunch of friends <laughs> that <laughs> other people can't see. You see, I watch lots of series in Netflix and streaming. And uh, I, I, I hardly ever see a story in which the supernatural is good. You know? mm. It's always frightening. And the ghosts are always bad and haunted souls, you know, trying to destroy houses and kids everywhere, not only uh, in Netflix and America, but also mm -hmm. Korean, you know, all over. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, but when I'm with indigenous people in Brazil, the supernatural is guardian, like guardian angels, you know, they're protective. If you're connected to them, you're protected. They help you mm -hmm. see. You know, it's the opposite. Mm -hmm. They're not. 
So I wanted to convey that in a metaphor. Mm. And so, uh, because I, I believe in good entities, you know. And well, it's I good energy. They're, they're musical. Yeah, yeah and mm -hmm. music, like the voices of angels. But the voices of angels in the forest, the forest is also full of angels. You know? So I, that's it. I thought, well, you think, this, yeah. You know, the indigenous people here in this country, the Native Americans also, um, you know, when they start to sing and use the different flutes, the first flute is the woodpecker, you know, mm. when you think of the birds in the in the forest and then, you know, in the jungles and, you know, anywhere in the world, the birds, it's kind of one of our first musical languages in a way, you know, listening to them. And then, you know, you some of them sound like monkeys to me. You know? <laughs> and that, that's also a sound. <sighs> so it's kind of this communication, but these songs yeah. that the birds, you know, you can't. And the fact that they fly it, is they're carrying the notes yeah. as they travel. They're carrying their story. It's like they're the messengers of the earth, you know. Yeah. And you think about the canary going in the coal mine, you know, as that, too. They're also the warning system of something that's going wrong if you have a sick if birds are getting sick something is wrong you know yeah, yeah. so there's this reality right even though it's they're mystical and magical beings because they're flying they're they're you know we want to fly don't don't you want to fly i want to fly you know <laughs> just to be a, it would be magical i i want to go back to though what you're saying about um it's a positive indigenous people being positive in media right one of the best things we saw came out of a really bad situation which the dakota access pipeline do you remember that yeah. where yeah. that yeah. was terrible we did some radio shows on it and cody hall came on and he was in one of the camps he's in uh, up from the dakotas i think he was from and i think it was a red warrior camp he was with and he called in and it was before, I mean, it wasn't hitting the big media yet at all. And they weren't covering and we're going, this is terrible. You know, what's happening? Water is life. And he was saying the oil is like a big black snake. This is going to mm. happen. He did get arrested during this whole thing. So we couldn't continue our series with him at that point. But everybody came together from around the world. All the yeah. indigenous people came together, which kind of showed a strength. So they ended up in the media, but not as a character, but it was um, something very beautiful out of something very terrible, you know, yeah. just watching everyone unite and they are united in the same things. So their messaging is similar, whether Native American here, if, you know, you know, Papua New Guinea, <laughs> to yeah, Brazil, exactly. right? Yeah. It's there's yeah. a connection. Do you feel that too? Yes, yes. And they love Chisiato, by the way. They, they read him all the time. Yeah. There is a connection <laughs> between Daniel Munduruku and some uh, other people uh, up Canada. You know, he, he's connected. He's a leader in Brazil, mm -hmm. but he's also mm -hmm. connected to other leaders. You know, they exchange things. Anyway, uh, I also want to share with you, first time I met Karai Papa Mirim, he's uh, a wonderful healer. Uh, I was invited by Olivio Jacoper, who is a Guarani writer. And he says, mm. I want to introduce you to a very strong person. There I go to his house, you know, his house is in the middle of the woods. And then I saw this young boy, you know, he was like 17 years old. And I saw him coming and his strength, the way he walked around, you know, it was so peaceful. And he said to talk to me. And he says, do you know why you're here? And say, why? Mm. Because the forest is calling you. 
Oh. It doesn't have to do with bloodlines, you know. Some souls are chosen by the forest. They can hear the forest. The forest speaks to them. And the reason why you suffer is because uh, at the time I was sad, you know, it's right after my father's passing again, you know, and yeah. he says, uh, you have to be here with us to connect with your own forest. She wants to tell you things, you know, because in Portuguese forest is a woman's family. Mm. And so I started uh, initiation with him every week. I would go and uh, he would heal me and tell me myths and talk. It was wonderful. So when Popigua is speaking, you know, the shaman in the story, he's in fact, several lines I heard in real life. So a bit of Thomas' journey has to do with my own journey, you know, several years being there. And he says, sometimes somebody's born here in the middle of the forest and can connect. They want to be malls, they want to have cars, you know. But some other people are born in the city and they have the calling. Mm. So you have the calling probably because you're traveling all over and you're happening. It's, it's, the, it's yeah. the nature, it's nature, yeah. nature, nature says, uh, you know, we recently lost three or four people, three back to back, like just one week, I mean, within days, just very close and other four, but the other three right after each other. And there's a pain that goes with it, and all of them connected with nature and the land and, and it, it really reminds us how short our lives are, but how connected and how they're still very extensive. It's not the end of the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Again, it, we're grieving, but it's still when you go to nature and you see the birds fly, you see, yeah. you know, things move. It's like everything. Nature works in synchronicity. It's like watching a dancer, you know, Yeah. even if it's something like an animal eating this. Okay. But that has to happen, but there's a synchronicity that is just magical. So I think we do have to have these callings and go. And I think that's another beauty of what you're doing with your story. You also really highlight the difference between uh, economics, uh, yeah. strengths and weaknesses. Okay. So Maybe you do not have the money, but how rich are you with what yeah. you have in here versus the fancy cars, the fancy suits, the tickets to the fancy concert versus Thomas playing at a fountain and being just as good, right? Yeah. So that was something I thought you brought in very, was that something you were also thinking like, hey, we to, to change that class system that we have yeah. in regards yeah. to money? Yeah. Because in Brazil, there is a huge difference of class, several millionaires and lots of poor people, and they have no awareness because I've been around, you know, millionaires a lot through my life. And mm. uh, because my parents put me in the best schools and things. So although we were not concerned about it, you know, but my father wanted me to have an education. So did my mother. So this is how I met them. And they were so deprived of love, you know, young people. Mm because parents were involved with traveling and socialite, uh, you know, you were very lonely. Mm. And I saw lots of drug addiction, suicide, yeah. uh, many things. I lost some friends, you know. And so I, I, I know very well, I think, that mindset, you know, exclusive. I went, this is only mine. People don't deserve, I deserve. Mm. I don't want to share. Why should I? You know, they don't deserve sharing. Yeah. 
you know. So uh, this is very Brazilian because there's the middle class, you know, was shrinking in the last government. Oh, so it's the same yeah. here. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's on so. its way. <laughs> <laughs> it's still there but it's hanging on loosely you know like yeah, yeah. it's yeah. hanging on it's trying really hard <laughs> but yeah. you see in the story uh the the millionaire he's the one who's searching for thomas so he needs what thomas has to offer although thomas also i wanted thomas to be very rich as well you know because uh, he wouldn't deal in the same way with wealth you know uh, it doesn't really have to do with wealth, but how you deal with that. You know? mm -hmm. I've been researching now um, Nigerian tales for my next next book, which also oh, have oh. to do with uh, music, you know, uh, healing songs, healing prayers, in fact. And I spoke to this amazing, um, how can I say, he's a writer, you know, he's called Baba Jini. And he told me that when people are born with the star of wealth, you know, they have to share because they're meant to help their community. Mm -hmm. So being a king in a small, in the traditional Nigerian style, not, you know, now contemporary, the traditional style is being uh, socially responsible because you have to share your gifts all the time. The more you share, the more gifts you, you get. It's like a flow. Yeah. If you close your fist, you can't. If you you can't receive and you can't really give, but you'll be closed exactly. and you're yeah. on your own. But if you give, exactly. you can receive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, uh, among uh, traditional Guarani people in Brazil, you know, the wealth is the land. You know, they care nothing about. Mm -hmm. they, they like communication tools. You know, like the like internet. Sure. Yeah, a lot of studying, things like that, and. Uh, also, there was a. Uh, I have a friend who gives classes in the university. He's specialized in Greek mythology, and so one day, Marcus, I invited him to tell some Greek myths in the Guarani, you know. And um, then, when I was hearing, they asked him that, uh, why so many power plays? You know, most Greek myths have to do with power plays loving mm. you know stealing one's love being more powerful just being more powerful sounds like opera to me italian opera yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly it's beautiful in a way you know that's human nature etc but how if you how about if you have another paradigm mm. in which uh the happy ending is to connect with your inner nature not to mm. be above if you think in terms of um olympic um helm it's mm -hmm. this it's outside gods are outside you know they're all over olympic scenario mm -hmm. but then for guarani people and originary people in brazil as a whole you know they are around you but you can't see them so you have to develop eyes to see and to connect you don't have to overcome somebody to become semi-god you know mm. to develop no you mm. just have to to be subtle and quiet and listen. Aware. Yeah, Awareness. Aware. I think that's why I was saying at the beginning, you go in nature, you become aware. Exactly. You know, you, your eyes open up, your ears, your smell, all your senses. But we have more than, you know, five senses and more than yeah. six. I believe we have exactly. far more, you know. Yeah. And is that connectivity? I mean, 
it's a beautiful thing that we have. Have you read any myths and stories from the Bushmen in uh, Southern yes, Africa? Yes, yes. I've been researching uh, that a lot. No, it's beautiful. It's special. It's special. It's really beautiful. And that's how what I was raised with. <laughs> some, <laughs> some of that and then some in Kenya. But in the Bushmen, I, I used to read and read and read all these stories. And they just, they made sense to me. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's like... Um, yeah, as a kid growing up, those were the stories that you can hold on to and learn, but also be in awe. I yeah, think that's what yeah. it is about the magic. It makes you like, oh, yeah, we can have magic. We can have happiness and beauty and appreciation. And that is the richness, right? Yeah, not exactly. not the suit, because I don't care about a suit. You know, I, I'm either <laughs> in a park or playing with pets. <laughs> that's it. You're not getting fancy clothes from me. <laughs> But in, and so I feel very rich in those things. And I think that's a, a thing to pass on with the musician. Is this something you see? Uh, I, I know it's a young adult, but I think as an adult, I we need to read this, you know? Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, this is something that uh, we discussed at Callers because uh, when I was writing, I had young adult uh, heroes in the story. It's a love triangle, basically. And, mm -hmm. and uh, I love Robert Frost, by the way. So it has to do with the poem, Two Roads Diverged. On a, oh, yes. Yeah, so he has to choose between two roads in the woods, you know. And he will, of course, take the less traveled path. This is the basic. I love Robert Frost. But anyway, uh, I w we thought, is this a young adult or adult, you know? It was just discussion because there are five different points of view and some points of view are adults, you know, people with families, a lawyer. And um, he said, uh, John, the, the publisher, he decided, and Danielle, he's also my publisher, they decided, no, this is just fiction, no labels. Ah. So you won't see YA, you know, in the book, usually, you know, it's, more like. but but i think that's the beauty i mean we're the blend because everything is connected yeah, yeah <laughs> and yeah. as soon as you start labeling i know in marketing people want to do labeling and everything but as soon as you label something you've you've boxed it in yeah instead of letting the connections be you know but i understand in marketing we have to do things but you know but <laughs> but that's okay but i think this is beautiful that it's open do you see it becoming a movie like your other books I don't know. <laughs> I think I it would be magic, yeah, you know? I would love and, to. Oh, I, I wanted to ask about the fountain. Because mm -hmm. that's a very, you know, we're losing some of that in some areas. But the fountain, it's like here we have a lot of plazas, especially in the Southwest because of the Spanish influence, the Mexican influence. Uh, and then also Florida areas. So it just depends on where you're going having the old plazas where you have the fountains and gathering places. Um, that to me, is that a very big Brazilian kind of thing? Is that, is that what's happening in your country? Is that that's where it seems to be very European too, right? To have that kind yeah. of central. There was, uh, there was a comment. I, I was reading the, the uh, people who wrote in the Goodreads, you know, they were writing reviews oh, yeah. and there was this lady, she says, I think it's strange. I, I couldn't really uh, picture a fountain like that. But there is a special wow. place in Brazil, in Sao Paulo especially, yeah, also all over Brazil. Uh, not always with a fountain, but uh, uh, a square, 
where people play music okay. and they sell things, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about a square that is close to the university in real life. So that's real, you know. The, the University mm -hmm. of Law is very close to a special, uh, very known with the fountain um, square. And mm -hmm. there was this musician I used to love called Hal Satius. How Seixas was Paulo Coelho's best friend. You must know yeah. Paulo Coelho, right? I, uh, so Paulo Coelho is a very famous Brazilian author who writes magical stories as well. Magic, we like that. Yeah, <laughs> they were very close, you know. And How uh, Zito, that's his nickname, Little How, he chose to become, to stay like a musician. You know, he was a mm -hmm. songwriter. And Paulo realized it was a dangerous path. So he started writing books and he, he stopped giving performances oh. because in the beginning they were performing together. Mm. But he had a sign a hint, and then he went to Europe and he survived, you know, how he died very young. But anyway, he became extremely famous in Brazil oh. and there were so many people following him all over. So he liked to go to Praça da República. That's where I imagined my, my, the first meeting and play for free when he was on top, you know, pretending he was his own, co somebody's covering him, you know. Oh, that's nice. Well, yeah, keeping like, to the roots, you know, keeping. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. keeping, um, keeping, keeping your feet in your feet. Sometimes you've got to walk barefoot, you know. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> that's and exactly all, it. Yeah, and also basically Esther Stone, when he came to Brazil, he likes to give a free concert and he likes to play in closed spaces, you know, he's playing all over theaters, all over, he was touring now. Mm. But uh, when he came here, he says, let's, I want to give an open concert, like I always do. So his concert was in a park, in a wonderful park, beautiful. which is also a reservation called Parque Ibirapuera, was beautiful. And I was his interpreter. And I'm used to speaking to readers, which is another crowd, you know, more mental in a way. But when I saw him playing and people were dancing, kids were playing, there were old people as well, you know, all sorts of people. From oh, I love that. Life. And I was interpreting. So after the, the, the concert was over, I kept on talking, you know, because he's with people and helping them say their messages. And this is also my source of inspiration for the first chapters, you know, people from oh. all types of life in a free concert. And Thomas does just like, uh, Estes mm -hmm. does, and uh, how Zito used to do, you know, they have this uh, urge to play for free, you know, very, mm. very open. Mm, and he that's still nice. does that. He still plays for free whenever he can. And uh, if you look up in the internet, you will see there are several pictures of Estas playing in front of a fountain. Ah, uh, yeah. what is it about Brazil and Argentina? A lot of musicians I know they, they just keep going back, especially in blues music. And uh, a friend of ours, yeah, I don't know if you've, John Lee Hooker, the um, yeah. blues musician, his daughter, Zakia, she's been on our show for years, her and her husband, Olin Christopher Bell, they go down to Argentina all the time. And so they get kind of Latin blues music and they just feel, I don't know, they just say there's an energy and it is this magic you're talking yeah, about, yeah, yeah. about going south and, and that um, music is very part of culture, you know, and it's, um, I think during COVID, we all kind of were like, oh, it's nice to see things on a computer screen, but 
there's nothing like going out and seeing live music. And to me, especially outdoors in a park and nature, there's just that that is coexistence to me when you have, you know, that that's magic to me. Music outside is is beautiful. But speak about the the musicians in your book trailer. Tell us a little bit about uh, those musicians. Do you know them? Are they friends or? Yeah, yeah. Those, uh, the leader is Caraipa Pamiri. You know, that's exactly the same one who told me uh, the forest had called me. He's a very, very close friend and he's also a spiritual counselor, you know. But uh, they are very uh, well humored, make cracking jokes all the time, don't take themselves seriously. And so I told him I, I needed to do that. And I thought he was the only one who was going to play because last year for my birthday, he, he said, come here, I'll give you a Guarani birthday party. So oh, cool. Yeah, my, my daughter and some friends, we went up there and he sang a healing song. It was amazing, you know. And so I, I asked him, why don't you sing again? And we're going to put that for the book trailer. So people will at least have, you know, people who re will read the book will share some of my experience with you. And then when I arrived, he had invited all his friends, which is typical. <laughs> Party, big party. Party, yeah 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 it's typical you you go there the kids and people from all over <laughs> and they were going to play i said well, i thought you were going to play yourself you know and he says no no i can't i uh, i need to be with everyone so his wife is there uh and also his sister-in-law and some other friends you know he made his child he has a boy who's playing the drums you know and so it was cool. beautiful. And uh, so Danielle Kohler, the girl who is the publisher, she lives in Chile. Although, oh, okay. Yeah, she's American, you know, but uh, he, she's married to somebody uh, and she lives there. So she knows also a lot about preservation. Mm -hmm. She writes about animals and preservation of animals. Awesome. And so she could, she speaks fluent Spanish, so she could connect very much with that scene. And I think she did a beautiful job. Mm. When she sent me the book trailer, I thought, wow, <laughs> I wish one day the musician becomes a movie. That's that's what I feel. I, I think so too. Yeah. I think so too. I yeah. love in the book that you also have it where it's Thomas's journal, you know, so it's his thoughts. And that's part of where the magic and the it's poetic to me. And it's it's very um open. It's it's authentic, you know and real, which is, is just, a, I, I, I can't wait for everybody to get this, you know, <laughs> uh, before you go, I wanted to ask, uh, because everything else you've done right in, in Brazil, why did you decide, okay, we're going to go uh, with English, because this is your first English book, right? Yeah, you've done in yeah, English. Yeah. Um, so yeah, was that, was that a, I know that you've taught uh, kindergarten and you're, you know, an educator as well. But how was it going in writing in English and, and putting this together? And why? Well, just uh, before <laughs> I answer the question, I want to thank a friend of mine, a young poet called Victor. He has translated the book into Portuguese. And oh. uh, one of the poems when Thomas is very, is getting crazy, you know, and his mind is breaking, there was just desperate poem. And it's by Victor's, you know, there's a thank you note in the end. And so I was very thrilled and happy to include, you know, that. Text. Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah, because his mind is not always so lyrical. You know, there is a specific point, again, giving a little spoiler, in which he starts breaking his thoughts. Well, I, I want to share something with you. My first story was written in English. I was living in the States. Uh, 
okay. I was a teenage in high school, Constantine, Michigan, and I was exchange student. And back okay. in Brazil, I my school was very strict, a French school. And so I couldn't write, and I could I could write about books, but there was no space whatsoever for uh, workshop or creative writing. So when I was there, I was 16, and I joined a creative writing session. I was so happy, and I realized I could write very easily. I was speaking English, and I could put the stories in English very easily because I've heard stories all through my life from being out you know, from the forest mm -hmm. and listening. It was very easy to create narratives. So uh, my first story was about a magical bird. And uh, people really loved it. I know, like this. So, See, the magic is, yeah, you're, yeah, you're just the magical being. That's it. <laughs> it was there, back there. But then when I came back to Brazil, being a writer was something I, I couldn't consider, you know, because I thought it was so far off, you know, mm. right? I didn't deserve to be a writer, I thought. And, but then I, I was a teacher in the kindergarten and was researching fairy tales. And I wanted to see how kids react to fairy tales. And I started making up fairy tales with the kids. <laughs> and one of the mothers saw the crazy stories we were making up. And she invited me to publish in a very large, uh, famous, in fact, is Latin America's biggest um, newspaper. So I published the first story and became a hit. Kids wanted more and See? more and more. That's and awesome. Instant hit, you know. And then uh, I got an invitation from a publisher to start writing and publishing, organizing my research as a book. Mm -hmm. And that was like uh, 30 years ago, and it's been 92 books. I never stopped writing. People Is keep it on over asking. 90, 92 books. 92 books. Wow. How do you balance your time? I mean, do you have all these oh. characters? Are you like Thomas, where you've got all these characters talking to you? Like, yeah, what happens yeah, when you yeah. go to bed at night? Do you have to tell them, okay, it's time to go to bed? Go, 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 go play with your toys in the room over there? <laughs> well, no. Yeah, people complain. I'm, I'm simple-minded very much. You know, I was, my kids were little. I was traveling to the forest where my father's house was. Yeah. And I... I got distracted. I started seeing Merlin and the knights from the round table. And oh, I cool. got, I went up to Rio de Janeiro, you know, just the opposite direction. And then they go, Mom, are we going to go to the beach? I said, The beach, 10 hours driving. And I couldn't realize. And I had to drive back. They thought it was funny, you know, they know their mother, you know. But uh, it's true, when I'm writing, it's very hard to, I, I get hyper-focused, I'm always thinking about, I wake up, I take notes all the time, I listen to the characters, they become alive mm. to me like entities, you know, mm. and uh, it's hard to concentrate. But when they go away, when I finish my story, there's just huge like, vacuum, wow. you know. Yeah, it's and like my I, friends left town. Exactly. Yes. And I miss oh. them very much oh. until the next characters come, you know. And, Someone starts uh, knocking on your door. That's it. Exactly, it's like, yeah. I want in. You got to write about me. Do you listen <laughs> to music when you write? All the time. I listen ah. to music all the time. I love music. And yeah. uh, this is how I met Esther Stone. You know, I was listening. I wanted to, I, I want to have a troubadour sequence. And I was researching the poems 
And I, I put in on Google for troubadours, contemporary troubadours, and I found him there. And when I went to his site, I realized he was writing about music being uh, the key to open one's inner library, mm. uh, one's inner soundtrack. And this is why he doesn't use lyrics mostly in his mm. when he plays. And I thought that was wonderful. So I wrote to the site asking permission. Uh, I wanted to uh, quote, you know, to use some quotes in the book. And then he immediately called me. Oh, see, and he, that's awesome. And, yeah, and he's very magical as well. You know, he goes, uh, you see, I saw your name and I, I, I visualized lots of stories. <laughs> <laughs> he's seeing your characters yeah and then That's... we became very close you know it was a magical meeting well there's something about music where it goes with your chakras the mm -hmm. different chakras there's different sounds that go with different parts so it's healing but it's also clearing so that you can create the creative process is always about i don't know turning turning the the oyster into the pearl yeah you know you're always scratching at something. It's like, gah, 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 gah. and sometimes it's like frustrating. And then all of a sudden, oh, the release, there it is. That's what we're supposed to do. Do you have that when you're writing? Like, yeah, I know it's there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's there. Yeah, it's like, ooh, exactly. it is there. You have to stick it out. So it's like, it's blood, sweat, and tears and big smiles, but it, there is blood, sweat, and tears. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my, my daughter, she's a teacher of yoga instructor. Oh, so okay, cool. yeah so we listen to music when she's my own instructor you uh -huh. know i have a personal one it's very nice cool <laughs> yeah and uh we listen to mantras and things you know when we're and it's changing you know the mindset it's amazing as well but uh and she always noticed that when i get engrossed into writing when i get really hyper focused i can't stop it's like being taken over you know yeah, you've you found. See, that's what I think about the third eye. I know people are going to think I'm yeah. weird, but like you know, that's that's when you open it. Then it's like, all right, exactly. di direct connection. Like, it's it's the downloading part process. Exactly. It's exactly. Just getting to the exactly. download is that exactly. that creative itch, and you're going, 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 and then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, just, yeah, boom, everything just flies, and that's yeah. and then everybody just leave, just leave you alone, leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> Just back off. I'm busy. That's, that's well. That is. It's interesting because the spiritual people I know in in, in my life that are uh, mediums or psychics, um, whatever you want to call them, but connected, they go through the same thing. Not necessarily writing, but once there's a download, it's a download. It's like it's it's like your computer. Here's new information. You need to know it. You need these connectivities, and they go through the same kind of thing. So it's, it's, that's fascinating. It's all connected. See, it's the magic. It's the yeah. magic. <laughs> I, there was this uh, Art of Memory book by Yates, ah. Francis Yates. And she studies in the beginning, in, back in, in Greece, you know, people were considered libraries. The storytellers were the ones who knew all the stories by heart. And so the famous classical authors, they, were, uh, they would go and talk to the storytellers in order to do their plots, you know, to build their plots, I mean. Anyway, there's this anecdote in which a storyteller comes into a, a, a party mm. and he, he looks at everybody because he has to decide which story to tell. And this was a kind of intuition, you know, he had to know which story would fit. So, 
he takes a very close look and then uh, somebody calls him out of the house and he goes out, you know, just to ask, uh, they say they, he was going to talk about his fees, you know. Anyway, the house burned, fell down. Everybody was killed. Wow. But he could remember every single face. Wow. Because he had That's connected, amazing. you know. Mm. It's called you know, the art of memory. Yeah, the art of memory is, um, I, I don't know if it's because of the visual and the audio for me, but I, I do a lot of that <laughs> with how we travel. And it's very, people like, how do you, I'm like, I don't know. But there's musicians, um, some of them will decide this is my set list. I'm going in and, and I've done, I'm a musician. And when I go in, it's like, you may think you have this, but you feel the energy of the room to know, oh no, we need to play this rock or we need to play it that way, you know? And I know like Jack White, the musician, Jack White, he doesn't mm -hmm. do a set list until he gets on stage and then he lets the audience dictate how it's going to be. He can feel this is what is needed and this is what's going to happen. It, it's spontaneous. And as a band, I think that's the other interesting thing about music, like musicians in a band, you have this connect. It's like, you know, you're, you and your daughter, right? You, you, you could just look at her and she knows what you're thinking. Yeah. Right? yeah. Same thing in music musicians have this you know unspoke you don't have to talk you know okay this is where you're going in the song this is this I don't know how to explain it but there is that other that is that other conversation that is not a conversation as we call it if that makes no oh, sense so but I know what I mean <laughs> what what instruments do you play I'm curious oh now. Sing, uh, sing, and and write, and I write, and then oh, guitar, nice. and keys. Uh, yeah, but mostly singing because I can't do one and the other at the same time very well. It's either singing or, yeah, if the guitar part's not good. Jack not White good. came to visit you a couple of times. People just love him. You know? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's, he's a he's got an energy. <laughs> he's crazy. Yeah. I like him a lot, you know. Mm -hmm. And also, uh, when Queen came with Fred Mercury. Oh. Yeah, in Rio de Janeiro, people Did you just go see it? sung. No, it's re in Rio. I was yeah. in Sao Paulo. It's, they was watching oh, yeah. a live, you know, and he, he didn't sing at all. He just conducted people singing. He was very moved, all his songs, because Brazilians are crazy about musicians, you know. Yeah. They really love them. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got to think you've got your own sambas, you know. Yeah, <laughs> wonderful. Mm -hmm. wonderful it, music as well and uh what i tried there's something i haven't answered you told me how did i imprint magic in the story so mm -hmm. i tried to use musical words ah. uh alliteration you know yes sound. like a songwriter yeah and also there is this light motif you know the same mm -hmm. question comes pops up into different characters ah. know, it's just repetition technique if you ah you're you know. sneaky yeah, yeah. Just a like good in sneaky, a song. A positive. Yeah, yeah, just like in a song. No wonder yeah. I connected with it immediately. I was like, oh, this is a piece of art. I it should be like a coffee table book. But, oh, you know, I just you. feel like it's that kind of beauty. It's like a it's a beautiful, it's just it's a piece of art. I don't think thank I've ever you. said that about a book in in that way, but it's just yeah, as soon as I started, I was like, oh, this is art. 
I know it's all art. It's literary art, but you know what I mean? It's like, that's a piece of art. It's magic. It's cool. Well, I'm so glad to meet you and uh, yeah. thank you for joining us here on Big Blend thank Radio. You so everyone. Much. This has been amazing to chat with you. Please keep us posted on other projects. Come back anytime. I want everyone to go get your book, everyone. It's The Musician and uh, you can get it by Heloisa Prieto. Did I say that right again? Yeah. <laughs> I, I love this. Uh, and the, the uh, website is themusician.info. You can also follow her on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And of course, keep up with us at bigblendradio.com. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Is that